For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Good evening. Welcome to Today's Entrepreneur presented by FL Montreal, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with FL Montreal's Josh Miller, who's back. Good evening, Josh. Hello, Dan, or uh, ni hao. And welcome back. Uh, you just got back from, uh, an, yeah, I guess it's biannual now, a biannual trip to, uh, it's, to China. It's at the very least once a year, uh, occasionally twice a year, but it's always a great trip. Uh, this time was uh, both Hong Kong and Shanghai, so uh, uh, you know, China is, of course, uh, it's almost like it's basically two systems, one country. You have the capitalism of Hong Kong and you have the communism, socialism, depending what you want to call it, of uh, of mainland China. Hmm. How did it feel with uh, – there's been some recent diplomatic tensions between Canada and China. Have you, did you feel anything while you were there? Uh, not, not really on the ground. Uh, it's definitely – you hear it in the political. You hear it in the, in the big picture at 35,000 feet. Uh, no question about this whole Huawei uh, CEO – um, but but you didn't really feel it on the ground. Uh, it may get felt come going forward, but certainly not yet. Right, Far well, too soon. Hopefully, it'll just blow over. Um, and uh, and what were you there for? What do, what do you go back for on a regular basis? Well, I go back really. I mean, I, I stay in touch with Hong Kong. I stay in touch with uh, you know. We have clients that definitely deal uh, on both sides of the of the hemispheres, and and it's really going back and 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 of course. Getting people together, networking, matchmaking, because you always have people from from Canada, North America that are looking to do business uh, overseas in China, Hong Kong, whether they're buying, whether they're selling into, creating right structures. So that's always a, a continuous uh, event because if you have a Hong Kong business or a Hong Kong subsidiary, you still need to go to your meetings every year. It's uh, there, there are some rules you should follow just to make sure that Canada doesn't go grab uh, grab uh, the dollars that it shouldn't really get. And what you're really, what we're hearing is that there, there's, there has been opportunity in the past. There continues to be opportunity in the future. There, this whole one belt, one road, uh, OBOR, where really China is leading, uh, with, with other countries, but China is leading this whole revitalization of the old Silk Road, uh, and connecting countries all together. Now, whether it's for their own ultimate benefit, we could say that I might subscribe to that, uh, but it's really uh, it's really building to to connect the world even better because there's a maritime portion and then there's there's a land portion, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's really you know the 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 manufacturer of the world China. What I really was hearing here is prices have been going up in China, and certainly with tariffs that that have come out uh, you know with the U.S. and Trump. Uh, now it's mostly only ten percent, but you never know where it's going to. Uh, what I hear on the ground is that you have manufacturers looking at other alternatives other than China. So people looking at Cambodia and Vietnam and Bangladesh and Thailand uh, as for part of their production. They might do a part of it in China and part of it elsewhere or finish it uh, elsewhere or finish it in China. But definitely looking at alternatives because got to be aware of the, the big U.S. giant and the big U.S. Uh, what Trump can be a bully and making sure that it doesn't jeopardize business to the states. Do, do you see increasing trade with China for, for us, despite these maybe small diplomatic tiffs? Uh, I don't, I, I, there, there's got to be some increased trade. Yeah, it, there might, again, there might be a hiccup. This might, uh, this might affect certain aspects, but I don't believe it's really going to affect a lot on the ground. Uh, I don't believe that they're going to start sanctioning one country or another just for this. I mean, there's a lot of the story I'm sure we don't know yet, uh, that will come out over time. 
but there's there, there's no question that there's still business to be done. Uh, you know, the the Chinese uh, na- locals they love imported product. They feel it's uh, it's prestige to buy imported product, and and I don't see that changing uh, anywhere soon. Their middle class population is essentially the entire population of the U.S., uh, if not more. Uh, stats in China are a little bit uh, blurry. So there, there is there is tremendous opportunity to sell into China. Forget buying from there. Of course, there's efficiencies, but selling into China if you get uh, if you find the right partner, and that's key, Dan. It's finding that right partner in uh, in China, whether it's Hong Kong or the mainland, uh, to help uh, to help you get it get it done. I had one meeting there, uh, and it was actually with uh, some a Mexican group, Mexican real estate group, and they were they had this project uh, ongoing in in the mainland in China. And they came across uh, a bit of a roadblock being their partner. Their partner, who is local Chinese that has some political ties, was basically holding them hostage and wasn't continuing. Or, you know, the pro- the next part of the project, they he was demanding money or he wasn't paying them their portion. And now they're in a battle. Now they have to try and find a way to get out or to they have to stay the course and ride it out. Uh, but it's not easy being uh, away. And it's not that the laws are bad. The laws are pretty good. But enforcing them when you're not a local is tough. All right. Coming up on the show tonight, uh, we're going to speak with Ian Morantz of Snowden Delhi. This is uh, one I've been looking forward to. Uh, it's rare that we have, I don't think it's ever happened, where we had a profile on the show um, where I've been going to that business my entire life. So I'm very excited to hear some behind-the-scenes stories from Snowden Delhi. All, all 15 years of it, right? <laughs> 15 years, yeah. Uh, just to, well, plus 20, but anyway. <laughs> um, so we'll get to, to Ian in a, in a moment. We'll also have Nick Moraitis on, tax partner at FL, and he's going to discuss uh, a couple of the economic updates recently, federally and provincially, and how it could affect your business. But first, entrepreneurial news and notes. And uh, number one for Montreal entrepreneurs in the last few days is uh, Moshe's, of course, the legendary steakhouse sold. Uh, to the uh, to the group that owns the Casual Spa, and they of course are committing committing to uh, keeping it original. And, and that's you know why why mess with it? You know, I was reading this article. I heard about it while I was away, of course. And uh, Sports Scene, who who run Le Cage, uh, amongst uh, involved in operating a couple of PF Changs and and some real estate in and around, uh, they they recognize this brand because this brand, as people know, is not just a restaurant. They do have retail product in grocery stores as one aspect, uh, as does Lacage. So it's for it's them. It's a business that they understand and a model. And because Lenny Leiter didn't necessarily have a succession plan, i.e., he didn't necessarily have that next generation. He took he had it from his generation when uh, with Moshe. And that, of course, was Moishe's. And they, you know, they they dropped the apostrophe, uh, you know, about twenty, thirty years ago. Um, Got one of those letters, I guess. One of the, one of those extra letters. <laughs> I've exactly. heard of those. <laughs> and uh, and this was this ended up being a succession plan. Now he's still around. He's, he claims he's going to stick around for the next five years, uh, and that he's going to you know will try and and keep the product as is. The reality is, it's a great product. So mm-hmm. why why mess with a good thing? I think that sports scene. Um, took uh, you know got, found this opportunity that uh, that Lenny Leiter was looking for so that he you know could ultimately have an exit plan but for them it's also great from a retail strategy with the product that are on the shelves in the grocery stores yeah, and that, it was interesting to walk into a grocery store and see Moshe's products there, and and bought one a while ago, and it was it was great. I mean, it didn't. Uh, I think they're doing well with their with the great brand. great yeah. steak spice. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of steak spices out there. Moshe still has a fantastic steak steak spice. 
Um, elsewhere, uh, a company that uh, that makes wearable devices for babies so that their parents can sleep better. What do you, how do you feel about that? Well, I, I think it's it's one of the aspects and in industries that will continue to grow. There's no question that the technology continues, the AI technology that continues to grow. But when you're combining it with you know your your firstborn, your secondborn, your your lifeblood, there is a great opportunity. The question becomes. How cost-effective is that opportunity? Because there's a lot of technology that goes into it. Uh, there's no question that there's there's aspects of baby movement and, and monitoring that, that will come into play. But this is really a, a family, a guy that that said, I, I want to monitor my baby, and I have no idea how to do it. So he invented this. I guess it's a it it's a it's a monitoring system that goes on the foot of the baby. It's a wearable, so it's it's around your wrist or part of your watch. Uh, develop an app, and it just monitors if the baby is breathing well or oxygen levels, because their technology is there that you can monitor it from outside the the body. In this case, on the foot, and uh, and he just found a niche in the market. And that's you know when you're talking about your your baby's health, I think it's great. And I think going forward, uh, anything to do with the health of of infants can't can't be bad it's got to be good this uh, last one uh, is a big one if you're in the marketing content business as i am and uh, it's official more people getting their news from social media than from newspapers and you know it's it, it is true and and i think well listen television still wins uh radio still does pretty darn well um i even news uh, online news does great but definitely social media now dan you're in that business so you know does social media work for you with news out there does it work for me? I mean, I, I I get my news from Twitter. It's my my news feed. So I, I'm definitely among those consumers for sure. I haven't bought a physical newspaper in, I don't know, seven, eight years maybe. I always get my news online. Um, but as I tell entrepreneurs, uh, you can't get too excited about social media. It's just one among many channels, right? There's Facebook. There's Twitter. There's radio. There's TV. There's internet. And it's important to have a mix and balance of the both as as producers and consumers as well. And And it's your – depending on your product or service – What's the best media for you? And that's something that can change or vary with uh, with each business. Yeah, and it's usually a mix. That's important too. So do diversify. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult FL Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Today's entrepreneur on CJD 800, inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and FL Montreal's Josh Miller with you. And this evening, uh, Josh, as I was saying, a very special guest. This is the first time on the show where we had an entrepreneur profile that I can say I've been patronizing his business literally my entire life. I don't remember when I was not a customer of Snowden Deli. Uh, Ian Morantz, welcome to CJD. Thank you. Uh, first, question is the easiest, right? Question is the easiest, and uh, even though I would say most people understand it, Ian, what is Snowden Deli? Can you describe it? Well, as I was told, I might be institutionalized one day. I'm in an, an institution today. <laughs> it's become that way over 73 years, uh, starting as a very small mom-pa operation. And it just kept growing. It, it was just keep building on what the customers like and want and you cater to them. So this is a, a restaurant uh, as well as a as a catering business. Yes. And your your best selling products are. Well, and I know you're going to state the obvious, but got to <laughs> ask anyways. <laughs> well, smoked meat is our one main item, but then we also have very uh, 
very nice uh, party sandwiches, which are killer. Uh, and a lot of homemade products, a lot of homemade products, from knishes to cheese bagelach, uh, roast brisket, and our smoked salmon is very, very highly recommended. Best Danish in the city, in my opinion. And, of course, for dessert, a nice nice Danish. Excellent. And an apple cherry strudel. Now, how long have you been in this business, Ian? I've been there 40 years. But the business has been around 73 years. Correct. Now, did you start, like, like out of school or, or early on? Like, did you work elsewhere or you only worked here? I resisted as long as I could. <laughs> I I tried doing everything from becoming an electrician, uh, studying at school. I drove taxi for a while. I just resisted. I didn't think I was ever going to be a, a deli man. And what changed your mind? Uh, having a child, <laughs> my first child. <laughs> and I thank her for it because once I got in there, I grew to love it. I love our customers. I love the atmosphere and it gives me a good feeling every day. Now, when you first came in, it was it was owned or run by your father and uncle? Yeah, one father and one uncle. Uh, just after the war, my father was wounded overseas in, in Second World War. And um, after six months in, in a hospital in England, he was given a $1,000 GI Bill to go home with. And $1,000 was like a million today. And he turned to his brothers and said, let's open a deli. Well, first they thought they were going to do the uh, rag trade. Mm -hmm. That didn't work out. Uh, there were no machines available. So Delhi it was. Now, you're also in the, in the catering business. There's, there's no doubt. Does catering make up for, because uh, you have the restaurant and the catering, does catering make up for a lot of the business? Yes, it's a very big part of our business. But you didn't have catering since the beginning, seven, starting 73 years ago. No, no. It's only started in, I'd say, the 60s. Um, and slowly built it up and created a a very nice market for it. Now the the catering side, could you could you survive in your business without the catering side? I think it would be very difficult. I really think uh, the catering is is critical to our business. Now people people know Snowden Deli. There's no question. It's 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 a staple. It's been around 73 years, as you said. Um, but does everybody, like, how do you ensure that the work, because the population does change and it grows and it gets out there. So what do you do to keep the word out there? What do you do for your marketing efforts? Well, honestly, we did not do any advertising for many, many years and built the business very successfully without active mar marketing. Um, when social media became a thing, uh, that certainly helps it. it it brings in new people, uh, different ethnic groups have have seen us on YouTube or other, and that really helps. We we met in past years when I was a journalist, and used to have you know a lot of parking issues and stuff like that. Have have you seen your fair share of uh, of battles as a retailer? And what are some of the the big issues that you you've lived through over your years? Well, there's nary a customer coming in that says, oh, my God, I don't know how I got in here. There was nowhere to park. <laughs> and it seems to get worse all the time. But I, I don't think it's strictly our area. But I see corners are, are eliminating. Every corner is eliminated now. Um, now with the 
construction going on at the old Snowden Theater. They took away another 10, 15 spots. It's hard, but I think I have a loyal enough clientele that they, they try hard to come, and they do. So for your marketing, you mentioned this, you know, with social media, and this has been quite a number of years. Did you have people internally that were able to help, or did you outsource it? Because this is, this is kind of a little new at the time, I guess. No, mostly it was um, my partner, who is younger than I am, uh, Sophie, and, and her, uh, her husband, and my cousin Hart. Um, they're a little more savvy in this area. Um, they set up the you know Facebook page and uh, worked a little more at, on the on this that media. You don't sit with a phone in your hand, though, uh, tweeting and <laughs> and and entering. I have the phone in my hand quite often, but not not while I'm working. This is this is something else. <laughs> What about some of the techniques? Um, where did they Where do they come from? You know, the way you do kasha, the way you do smoked meat. Who was the the culinary backbone of Southern Delhi? Well, some of them were my grandmother's recipes. Some of them were uh, introduced to us by other uh, good cooks, and some of them we tweaked. Some of them we took just as they were given to us, and uh, if they taste good, you stick with it. And what about new new stuff? Does new stuff get developed over time, or do you do you stick to the tried and true? There's always some evolution. There's every year or two. There's another item added to our counter. Uh, one of our main problems is space in in our counter space. So you can only show so much. It's good to have you know visuals. You need to see it to be attracted to it. And do you measure? Like, do you you try something new. Do you measure it? Do you see how well it does? Uh, how or do you go by gut? You go by feel. Uh, you know, whether it's you or or some of your partners. Well, it's it's um, it's just results. If you see that you didn't sell things and you have to throw out half of what you made, you don't continue with it. If it sells out in a day, you make more or double it up, and it's trial and error. But mostly, it's successful trial. And there's no question, being around 73 years and you 40 plus with your partners, there's a there's a serious team around you. You're 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 not a one man show, uh, and I'd love to explore that further when when we come back. Today's entrepreneur on CJAD 800, Ian Morantz of Snowden Delhi, our guest this evening. More with him and Nick Moritas talking about the uh, federal and provincial economic updates and how it affects your business. Uh, both of those things on the way on today's entrepreneur. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with FL Montreal's Josh Miller. And our guest this evening is Ian Morantz of Snowden Delhi. And Ian, as I was saying, uh, you know, a business I've been to uh, along with a lot of young Jewish Montrealers for literally my entire life. And tell me about the, the, the system, because I wonder, is the, is the restaurant sort of a showcase for, for the, the to-go counter? Because the, the, the Snowden Delhi system is you go for lunch or breakfast, you have a nice meal, you take your check, then you walk to the to-go counter, and you get all the same stuff again for later. <laughs> well, actually, the takeout counter has uh, its own clientele as well that don't necessarily sit down and eat. They'll come in to buy uh, for 10, 15 people sliced meats and salads and bread and party sandwiches. And uh, it's 
it's really somewhat on its own. And the setup, uh, the setup, the look of the restaurant really has stayed pretty much the same since the beginning. Yes, though we did we did increase our space by double uh, about thirty eight years ago. The concept is the same: the deli counter on one wall, and the tables are all in the other. And then in the back, there's the food prep. Did you ever think of moving? For a brief moment, but uh, the cost of moving, as opposed to the cost of Buying the building that we're in now pretty well dictated that buy the building and stay. Did you ever think of franchising? Not really. I thought a franchise would would ruin our our family name, our, yeah. our Delhi family name. Uh, the quality is there because we're there looking after it. And if you split yourself into several you know, independents that are doing supposedly your job, they don't necessarily care as well. So that, so then definitely there's a team, there's a team there that's in place that really ensures the quality and the service. This is not a one person show. As I think I mentioned earlier, it is not all about Ian. You have partners. There is this family that has been built up. Um, who, who are your partners today? Well, my partners are Sophie Agilopoulos and, and Yanni Papoulis. Uh, are a couple, and and then my cousin Hart, and myself, and we do share all of the uh, workload. Uh, myself a little less because of my age. I, I don't have as much uh, strength as they do, but I have some experience that they can rely on as well. What brings you in every day? I mean, you've been doing this for forty years. What draw after so long? You know, what drives you to keep that smile to walk in every day? Other than, of course, there's dollars and there's profits. There's no question. But what what other than that? Well, the money is not my primary goal. It's, it's really the satisfaction of having customers appreciate what you do for them. Um, they're, they're like my family as well. My customers have been loyal to us and we're loyal to them. What about the the Delhi landscape in Montreal? Um, you're one of the last, still, I guess, partially now Jewish owned delis in the city. Um, what do you make of that this transition over the years, and why it's not something that that, uh, with a couple of exceptions, that young people aren't really picking up? Well, part of it is the the fact that it's a very labor intensive business. Uh, as a restaurant alone, it would be much more difficult to to make a living and to to keep it going. And a lot of the delis didn't have the catering aspect, which helps keep it going and successful. Now, you you know, there's people around, you have your partners, but you, you have a crew. How many people are you today altogether? Approximately 45. Now, because the Snowden Deli has been around so long, you must have some people that are brand new, but some that have been around quite a number of years. Oh, yes. We have at least a half a dozen people that are in 40-year veterans. A uh, few of our waitresses have been there for 40 years. Uh, my hot cutter, Sarto, he's been there forever with his wife as, as a server. And they they have their heart and soul in the business with us. Now, quality and service for you is key, Like as is should be any establishment. The new people coming in, the, the new hires on the floor in the back, uh, how are they? How do you get them immersed into the Snowden Delhi culture? 
do you, do you are they shadowed by somebody? Do they follow? Um, Not really shadowed, but but we keep an eye on what's going on, and if there's difficulties, we bring them out and show them the right way, and um, mostly they're willing to learn and and follow along. Of course, a lot of the young people today they just need a job temporarily. They're either going to school or doing other things, and that's fine too. We don't have to have career employees, all all of them, but it it helps that they're they put their hearts into it. Now, again, after after so many years, you must have had a whole bunch of different suppliers over the years, uh, or and maybe some you've had for decades and decades. Uh, have you? In your experience, in your 40-plus years being at Snowden Deli, have there been some lessons that you've learned in dealing with your suppliers? Well, I think the main thing is that you always have to keep a little bit of a comparison shopping going on because when you get very friendly with one supplier, they tend to see you're not watching the price, so they jack it up a little bit. And before you know it, you're paying 10 20% more than you might pay with another supplier. And it's it's insulting, but um, people do that. Got to keep tabs. Now it's very labor intensive, right? They're Absolutely. Basically, it's uh, there's very little machinery. It's it's a lot of people. It's hands. It's 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 many hands make light work. So you need many hands. But there is still some capital. There is still some machines. You have that the the cutting machines, as you were mentioning before. Has that? I don't want to say technology, but I'll use that anyways. Has that changed over time? Well, it has to a great extent because uh, safety features are, are constantly being assessed and, and brought into the fore. And CSST, for instance, will take a machine offline if, if it's not uh, safe or you have you retrofit safety things that you can't even use afterwards. It's so hard to, to work with. But does it cut the same way? Well, if it's a round blade that's slicing something, it'll cut the same way as long as you can control it to some extent. <laughs> What's your favorite thing to eat at the shop? Chicken soup. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. As as winter approaches, as winter approaches. Ian Morans of Snowden Deli, are you going to hang hang around, Ian? And we'll have your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur coming up in a little bit. Sure. We'll also talk to Nick Moretis coming up next, tax partner at FL, to talk about some of the recent economic updates, both federally and provincially, and how it may impact your business. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Dan Delmar and Josh Miller with you for F, uh, for uh, today's entrepreneur. Our guest, Ian Morans from Snowden Deli. His one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur is on the way. But first, uh, back with us is Nick Moretis, tax partner at FL. Welcome back, Nick. Hi there. And Josh, we recently had uh, economic updates, both federally and provincially. Uh, any good news, hopefully, for Well, taxpayers? that's it. There's, there's always stuff that entrepreneurs need to know because it may affect some of the decisions that they take, uh, certainly as we approach the end of December, the end of a calendar year. might not be a fiscal year, but certainly if it, if it is, then some things to take, definitely take into consideration. So, Nick, this is where we turn over the tables to you. And uh, for these and, recent economic updates, what can you what can you tell so us? So, in a few minutes, you'll allow me to talk. The um, in response to what was being changed in the U.S., 
Um, uh, Morneau federally and uh, the uh, the new CAC government came out with uh, the following. Basically, to encourage business investments, um, they're going to speed up the process of writing off the investments that businesses are making. So, and how are they doing that? Is they're they're giving you more uh, write off in the first year. So, if you're purchasing um, a say, cutting a, machine, a cutting machine for I don't know what they cost, but let's say it's, it's a ten thousand dollar cutting machine with the brand new security features. That cutting machine, if if, I, if, my, if I'm correct and if I'm wrong, that might be. The first year, you might be allowed to write off 10000 of that 100000 and the other 90 you you'll write off over time and save the taxes that you would be paying. So now, between now and, and 2024, the write-off rate triples. So now you're on that 10000 or what did I say, 10000 You're writing off $3,000 in the very first year. Speeds up your tax savings. And for the very large mega projects, that speed up makes it make, could be, make break or uh, even on a future, on a present value when some financier starts looking at that. So that's very important. For, and for manufacturing, however, it's even more uh, better. You write off the entire cost. So if you're uh, pumping in a million, ten million, a hundred million dollars in new manufacturing lines, that the entire cost is a write-off, which may basically mean you don't pay any tax for uh, the, that year you buy it, if not others. Quebec now, has mirrored a- that. Yes. Quebec on manufacturing said we're going along with the feds. It's a full write-off for manufacturers coming in for year one. Uh, for most other uh, um, uh, assets that you're buying at the federal level, you're tripling that first year write-off. Quebec, you're also tripling. They're gone, they've gone along with it. They also have some enhancements that they're working on as well. But Quebec has also said if you're buying computers, it's a full write-off in year one as opposed to may, maybe take you two or three years to write it off. They've also added something also very interesting, which we're still looking at because there's a lot of but, 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 is intellectual property. Now, that has an enormous value. Uh, Josh, and many of the transactions that we look at, a lot of the value in the business is that intellectual property. So now they're allowing for the purchase of that intellectual property. If it's used in Quebec, it's a full write-off. But there's a whole bunch of conditions. So that's some of the economic statements that's coming in that is to spur uh, business investment in assets, which is good. Now, when you're buying assets, you can't just buy them and let them sit on the sit on the floor and not. Oh use gosh, them. no. There's there's a whole bunch of rules. One of them is you got to be using them. With Quebec, a lot of it has to be used here in Quebec, so you're not buying to store somewhere else. But the the idea is like for farmers. Uh, who have been gotten maybe not a very good deal with this uh, with the trade uh, with the change in the or NAFTA deal, you know now being able to write off your assets a lot quicker is is a bit of a compensation. So that's the main thrust of the economic uh, statements that came and, out over the last month or so. And that works if you had existing assets. You bought something in 2017, you'll just speed up the write off. No, now. this is only for oh, new. For this new. is only now. I also believe that you can buy used equipment when we couldn't see a distinction between new or used. But this is only for stuff that are being is being bought after the the announcements which were a couple of weeks ago going into 2024 after after which time things are supposed to revert back to the way it was so that was one thing i wanted to talk about the other thing is uh, stuff that's effect- starting in 2019 uh, sorry uh, this is federal rules and it's for entrepreneurs um, who have a business and who have an investment company that holds investments in stock market earning general passive income there's two things that are, are, are hitting you next year. One of them is if in 2018 
your your that the investment business has generated more than fifty thousand dollars of the the sum total of say dividends, interest, capital gains, rental income, or whatever gross income, gross right gross. That fifty thousand will impact on the availability of your small business deduction in your operating business in twenty nineteen. So any dollar over that fifty thousand starts reducing how much of your small business deduction you get, which is the low tax rate. The idea being is that if you have enough assets accumulated to earn more than fifty thousand, uh, the Feds last year were talking about having a million dollars of investment assets earning five percent. That would give you the fifty. That's how they figured out the fifty was the nice number. They figure you're very wealthy, and therefore, if you're very wealthy, we should not be giving you the small business deduction on your business. You don't need it. So that's one thing that's happening now, and it's really you got two weeks. Unfortunately, to try to control it very difficult. The final thing, which Does is... Does that happen, you know, each year stands on its own? Each in, year in stands words, on its own. That's, it seems to be, yes, it's not a cumulative, and it's for year ends that start after uh, 2018. So if you have a non-calendar uh, year end, you may only be affected sometime when your year end starts in, in 2019. So this is something now you got to start keeping in mind, especially if you're what we call a larger group where there's a lot of companies and there's a, and, and they're associated because the same family or the same individuals control the companies. The last thing, which I, I don't know if I can explain it, but it's for any, again, anyone who has uh, a business and who also has an investment company, and if his investment company has refundable taxes, which is another, well, I need the whole show to explain that, and whose business has what we call general rate income pool or the ability to pay eligible dividends, there's planning that's required to be done between the two companies due to changes that are coming in next year as well. And that's really to talk to your accountants, talk to your tax advisors, what, if anything, you should be doing to make sure that the this this these are notional accounts that are with the government are sitting in the right company by the end of your fiscal year end. If you don't do it, what is the potential impact? Is there double what taxation? No, but what it means is that your taxation in the future, especially when you're paying dividends to yourself, just went up about three to four points. So basically, you don't plan properly, pay more. You're going to pay more down the road. Thanks very much, Nick. Uh, a lot of information, uh, but uh, all very important, very useful. I told you I need a show off to myself. You, well, you're not getting it so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but keep dreaming, honey. Maybe for Christmas. Uh, thanks very much. And uh, as we approach the last moment of our show, as we do each week, uh, we'll turn to Ian Rance of, of Snowden Deli and ask you, Ian, what would be your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur? I would say you have to find something you really, really enjoy doing because you put a lot of time and effort into it and if you don't enjoy it it's like jail time <laughs> uh that that is jail time is not good so thank you for that <laughs> and dan my little takeaway of course is is ian is surrounded by people and he can't he knows he can't do it all on his own despite his age uh and so if you surround yourself with the right people of course uh many hands make light work Ian Morantz of Snowden Delhi, thanks so much for stopping by tonight. Pleasure seeing you again, and I'll see you soon. Thank you. Nick Moretis, tax partner at FL. Thanks again, Nick and Josh. Back next week, Monday night at 7, for our last show of the year, and then we're delving into the IT sector. Quovum C3. Right. I don't know, that, was, that was a few weeks that ago. CDMS. Week. CDMS is coming up next week on Today's Entrepreneur. Don't forget, flmontreal.com for all the show archives, 10 years worth of entrepreneur profiles, and we'll see you next week. Good night.